0: hello everyone and welcome back this is the echoes unlimited podcast i'm your host Terrence eccles and thank you so much for clicking on the video this is a great video for you this is a great episode uh, with one of my very good friends very good co-workers her name is emma maloney emma is the current communications intern for the cleveland guardians uh, she comes from a great background in sports media and sports journalism Uh, going to the University of Missouri. Emma and I talk a lot about content creation as well as career paths, what it's like to live in Cleveland. Uh, So please take some time to check it out and learn more about Emma. Before the podcast starts though, I would really like to ask that you please, please, please subscribe to the channel, please leave a like on the video. Please uh, listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you can, and please support in any way you can. Please bear with us. Emma was such a trooper throughout this whole entire episode. Uh, she had probably half a voice for the first half of it.
1: I, like half a voice for this, so. And then
0: she she finally her voice finally came back midway through the podcast, which is great. Um, but yeah, please bear with us. She did a great job. Thanks for listening and enjoy this is your first time doing a podcast
1: um i mean i had like a radio show in college but yeah doing someone else's podcast
0: we haven't talked about this
1: i don't think so this
0: radio show
1: like a radio show for like a year yeah
0: so what did you talk about on this radio show
1: so it's through My college's like sports, radio. So they had like a radio station and then they had news and music and sports. And so I did sports. And once you were there, like a semester, you got like a certain number of hours, like calling games. You could apply for a show and you'd have to like get your idea. You'd have to get your like co-host approved or whatever. And then based on like the content of what you were talking about and how like seniority based, you'd get a slot during the day. So it was like an hour long. And there were only two girls in the entire sports section of the radio. And her and I were, like, super close. Like That was my college best friend. So we just talked baseball for an hour. Right. Yeah. And
0: I, it was a league of your own, right? Yeah. Okay. Was,
1: yeah, it was one of my favorite movies. But.
0: Gotcha. Perfect. Tom Hanks, shout out to him. <laughs> awesome. Um, but, no, that's crazy. Like, you had to, like, audition, basically, mm-hmm. to get a spot on your school's radio.
1: It's crazy. And, like, We were the first ever all-female show.
0: Yeah, which is... In, in
1: like, 20... Like, I think 2019 at that time, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. Are you going to get a plaque?
1: I wish we had a plaque we were part of. So her and I were part of the first all-female broadcast team.
0: Mm -hmm. Because
1: it was her and I, um, like, doing the actual, like, color and play-by-play. And then there was one other... Um, non-binary member of the radio station that was our producer for that game. Mm. So I guess for the par- part of the first all like non-male
0: gotcha. broadcast
1: and then we were the first all-female radio show. Really cool. Yeah.
0: That's like something that you should like do.
1: It's, it's pretty neat but it's like very low-key. Like I don't think we're like remembered for that. I mean maybe. I don't know. I don't like
0: Probably should be. It'd be neat. Yeah. yeah. Like it's Like so okay. So like getting into that space did you have like female or even male like role models or people like you would look up to and like want to emulate or was it just like this is something I love to do I'm just gonna do it
1: I think so I've never done like any kind of broadcast when I was in high school it was just like sports journalism and when I got to school they had all these like career fairs and like extracurricular fairs and stuff like that to be like oh here are different options you can do and that was something that like people did and i had actually met her there at that meeting mm-hmm. and so we were both like kind of like okay like this is fun it seems it was very relaxed which is nice like it was just a relaxed environment you go to meetings you get to like interact with sports and that was like, really accessible mm-hmm. and so that's how we kind of got into it and then we had a few like older senior guys that were like the in like the uh I don't know what word I'm trying to say, but, like, there was, like, a president and, like, a vice president. And oh, like, like an e-board? Yes. Okay. And so um, we were closer with them because they had to, like, more so make the effort to reach out to us. We were mm-hmm. close with them, but then that made it, like, really accessible for us to be part of that, like, organization.
0: Perfect. Yeah. What did you – so you grew up on a farm in Missouri. <laughs> what was okay. your what, – what were your experiences, like, growing up with sports and playing sports and, and having that access to sports? Because I know it's probably hard, you know, with the lack of resources on the farm. Well, not lack of resources, yeah. but lack of, like, sports facilities on the farm.
1: So, like, my dad's side has the farm. It's, like, two hours from where I live. Okay. So, like, but in Missouri in general, like, it that's still an applicable thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was very lucky to live in, like, a town where it's a college town, so it's, like, Larger, there's resources there, but it's not like a city where it's just like everywhere. Yeah, And so, but coming from like small town mentality and stuff like that, like the sports that you do have are like everything. Yeah. And so like football's huge, baseball's huge, um, travel softball, which is what I ended up playing, is like shockingly huge. Really? Uh, yeah. It's like, it's a thing. It's like you imagine like the dance moms type stuff, yeah. but with travel softball.
0: And another thing about travel softball that I never realized is how intense like the chants and everything get. Mm.
1: Everything's intense.
0: The like the RBI girls, like mm-hmm. unbelievable. You say
1: some mean stuff too. Oh you really? I mean, mean it, yeah. Like like all bets are off. Like it's it's girls that are like young enough. To, like, not have any, like, control over, like, their mental and emotions at all times. Mm-hmm. But you're in, like, an extremely competitive and, like, pressure-centric environment mm-hmm. of just, like, athletics and then girls competing. And, like, you're competing to either, like, be the best in what you're doing now or you're competing for, like, a future, like, college. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, so and like, that's it. Like, with softball, especially, like, softball isn't really huge. Yeah. And so, like, getting to college ball is, like, the epitome.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, you look at some, when it's, it's kind of a, you know, not a, it's kind of upsetting to see like how for women's sports and and women in sports, like the, the pinnacle, I guess you would say Mm -hmm. is the college level. Like you see millions and millions of people tune in to watch, you know, these college basketball, you know, the Mm -hmm. Caitlin Clark, Brianna Stewart, like when they're in college and then once they reach the WNBA, it's like the viewership just drops off. The yeah.
1: That's so it's crazy. And like with softball too, like you think of like all the like little kids and stuff like my brother plays baseball like he has all these like MLB players to look up to. Mm-hmm. And like with the exception of like some of the women's players that are put on like the U.S. team. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like pitchers like Jenny Finch, like everyone yeah. knows who that is.
0: Monica Abbott.
1: Yes. Yeah. But like, you know, like the uh, names on one hand. Yeah, and that's it and it's just not a thing like I don't even know if I could name like the names of professional softball teams mm-hmm. and there's maybe like 10 of them yeah like it's just crazy like it's a completely different type of thing just cause it's like you don't have your like big time role models to look up to all the time
0: mhm right so you just have to basically like find your own path mm-hmm. and find your own sort of motivation and stuff so what type of stuff did motivate you at that time period
1: oh man um I was really competitive. Yeah. That I went from like rec ball to where it was just like kind of for fun to like getting into a travel ball situation where every game mattered and like it was way more important to like be better, be best, like all that kind of stuff. And so then like my dad was also my coach. And so it was like getting to like bring my whole family into it was just like it made it fun for me, but it was also something that I was like, this makes it mean so much more when I'm like playing and especially doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my whole family's here. Like, my dad's, like, telling me what to do. Like, that kind of stuff. So, it's, like, more of an intrinsic, like, drive, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's great that you have, like, sort of – like, your softball games became, like, a family affair. Oh, yeah. And, Everyone was there. Right. And then having their support, and I'm sure that that meant a lot. And, you know, not a lot of girls have it like mm-hmm. that. And it's unfortunate because, um, you know, I've seen it in the male side as well, where it's, like, kid shows up, his mom – or will show up maybe once every yeah. three games where it's like when you get your whole family there it's like it means something mm-hmm. more
1: i well, so. have like teammates like that too but then that's where, like the resources things come in like mm-hmm. thinking about like the tournaments that i went to how much we paid to play in like tournaments and rec leagues and competitive leagues like travel trip like trips from not just like columbia to kansas city which is two hours but like we went to colorado this summer yeah and i was like you have to be able to afford that and i think there's like that's a side that people don't really think about is like, especially in like rural areas, especially in like poverty areas, like people cannot afford to play club sports like that and get the opportunities that those then like give you, whether that applies to like going into high school sports where you have this advantage if you played for years, but you paid to play for years. Right. Or like if you're looking to be a professional athlete, a collegiate athlete, like you have to pay to get to that level too.
0: Yeah. Big time. And, you know, I remember some of the AAU checks my mom would write were
1: crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't believe, like, and that's, like, a true testament to, like, how much your parents love you and oh, how yeah. much your parents believe in you.
1: As and a kid, you don't understand that. You're yeah. just like, oh, I have softball practice today. Like, I'm going to the field, but you don't think about the cleats that your parents paid for that you're putting on, the all bag full of stuff that your parents pay for. Like, mm-hmm. at 12 years old, I'm not going to be able to buy a $300 bat. Yeah. But a lot of families wouldn't be able to buy a $300 bat for their kid either mm-hmm. so it's like something that i feel very fortunate about but i don't think it's i've thought about until very recently and mm-hmm. like i mean i have two other siblings that also have played club ball right so to think about like how lucky all three of us have been to be able to like do that is insane
0: yeah yeah and i mean you think about that plus like gas it takes to take you mm-hmm. to tournaments hotels. and hotels hotels mm-hmm. it's ridiculous yeah and, um the different gear and everything and um you know, softball is probably a little bit more expensive than basketball where it's, like, all you need is
1: Like sneakers. shoes and a ball. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, no, I mean, I'm going to throw shots at my brother, honestly. The fact that he wasn't, he, he wasn't, like, the player to want to play, like, AAU mm-hmm. or go to on travel leagues and, and yeah. play all these expensive sports. Like, I play lacrosse, baseball, mm-hmm. football, all this stuff. So, um, you know, it was a blessing to just, Have my parents like want to pour all of this into me, and it's like, well, he's not necessarily getting that because he doesn't do it. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a bit. I don't. I don't want to say it's like a burden. It's like you feel a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. to like perform for not only your teammates and your coaches, but your parents to make it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want them to get back what they've invested Mm -hmm. in. So it's. I think that's like a huge thing with athletes where it's like a lot of people are going to invest a lot into mm-hmm. you so you like want to give that make sure that they get the return on their investment. yeah no, so, i
1: completely understand
0: that yeah so grateful for that absolutely so let's dive into a little bit more of like what you were doing outside of maybe sports okay. um you know growing up in columbia missouri mm-hmm. um You ended up deciding to go to Mizzou. Like, what are the things that you did? Because you studied journalism, correct? Mm -hmm. So what were the things you were doing, like, in high school, like, leading up to that point that led you to want to be a journalism major at a good communication school such as Mizzou? Mm
1: -hmm. That's crazy outside of sports. Like, my whole life is sports. But, uh, no, in high school, so we had, like, once I got later into, like, junior, senior year, like, you have the ability to do electives and, like, fun classes that aren't just, like, AP like preparing for college or like your normal requirements like you get some openings and so I loved like our journalism teacher because I had her for like a some kind of homeroom type thing Mm -hmm. so I like took the class and I loved it like it was writing but it was like all these meetings and like planning and like I was still on like a sports beat for them but like just the creativity of it like I love writing I love reading and so that was like an outlet that I could pour that into that actually for once felt like feasible as a job. Mm -hmm. And so like I did it for two years and it was one of the, like the first things that I was like, wow, like I could see myself actually doing this, sticking with it. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, Oh, I like this for a month or like, I want to be this for six months. And then you're totally over it. Yeah. but Like that was the first thing, especially as I was getting to like 17, 16 years old, like, Oh, like I actually really do like this. Mm -hmm. And so then like, you get into like all the late high school stuff where it's like, oh, you need to like apply and like think about where you want to go. And honestly, Missouri was the only place I applied for.
0: Really? I
1: didn't. I didn't even tour it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do a tour. I only sent in my application for there, and it was like early application stuff. Yeah. I got my stuff back, and they were like, "Here's your financial plan. Like, here's what you can do, and like, it's a world renowned journalism school. Yeah. And so for what I wanted to do in my hometown for a school I, like, loved, I knew about it already, and it was, like, touted for what I wanted to go into. Like, kind of for me, there was, like, no other – there's no other choice. Yeah. And, like, I didn't need there to be. Mm-hmm. So I think I could have explored other places, but I just, like, knew that was what was right. And so, like, moving from that passion to then, like, making it be like, okay, like, this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, I'm surprised to hear that you never toured because – did you just spend a lot of time on campus growing up mm-hmm. in, the, in the city? So my
1: dad works there. Gotcha. And so he started part time, I think, when I was like 10, 12 ish, maybe. And then after a couple of years, they were like, you want know do this full time. And so, but also just like as a kid, like you go to the quad and you watch and walk around. Like you watch the homecoming every year. And you get to see yeah, football games, baseball games, like softball. Like you just watch everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, growing up in the environment, like, I like, knew the school yeah and like granted i know the school in a completely different way now that i've been there Mm -hmm. but it still felt just as like homey and right to me as a kid as it did when i was then like going into needing to choose a college
0: yeah awesome and um i guess well i come from very like extremely similar situation Mm -hmm. being five minutes from the syracuse campus you know similar interests coming out of high High school wanted to be a broadcaster. Syracuse is a great communication Mm -hmm. school as well. But I still had that itch like, oh, I want to play basketball.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Not good enough to play basketball at Syracuse. I'm not big enough to play basketball at Syracuse. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into Mm -hmm. that. Like, so you playing sports all the way up to that point, like, what made you, like, okay, probably not a Mizzou softball player, Mm -hmm. but let me just. Go here and focus on my academics and, and get my journalism degree. Is that just like, was, was that a tough decision or was that something you knew you had to make or is, what what went into that?
1: Um, I think it was definitely like, I wouldn't say it was a tough decision and then like, I didn't know that I needed to make that decision. And like for me, I loved school mm-hmm. and so like academics was always like almost just as big to me as sports. And so I was like, I know that I can like continue this interest and expand it beyond just. Me playing it like Mm -hmm. sports to me wasn't either I'm playing sports and I love sports or I'm not playing sports I'm not engaged with sports Mm -hmm. and so like I think I was really comfortable with the idea of making that compromise and being like I know that if I want to go where academics takes me I'm not going to play there yeah and so I think it was just a sacrifice that I was like I understand this I've come to terms with it I still played basically my age up until my, like, freshman year of college. Right. Because I was still eligible for travel ball. So yeah. I got to, like, still do it. But I think by the time I would gotten to that point, I was done with that. Yeah. And I was, like, comfortable closing that chapter. Mm-hmm. And turning my, like, interest into academics and, like, pursuing them as a whole.
0: Right. So, And plus, like, your body starts to give up. Oh, my
1: gosh, yeah. <laughs> I was exhausted.
0: Yeah. I just,
1: it, I throw a ball now for, like, an hour and I get put my shoulder for three days. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like your knees, your ankles, mm-hmm. like all of that begins to break down, and you know, I'm I was blessed to like last this long, but like now I really feel it. Like I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I wear an ankle brace almost every day. I ice my feet and my my knees mm-hmm. and my ankles all the time, and it's like I don't even play anymore.
1: Yeah, <laughs> why do I feel this sore? <laughs> exactly.
0: So no, it's it it'll, it'll take a lot out of your body, and you know, I'm glad that you were able to like get that sort of like last go Mm -hmm. where like you don't have to stop before you're ready and you don't have to stop after like that sort of Yeah. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it it sounds to me like you stopped at the perfect time I think
1: so like I think I would have resented it a little more had I like given up any kind of like academic success for trying to play softball Mm -hmm. even further gotcha
0: gotcha and then um you know being in college what was that experience like being so close to home mm-hmm. you pro- did you move out you moved off camp or away from home I did not right? yeah. to campus right
1: now my parents so like my parents were really good about that and I think like it's definitely unique because like I go to campus I already know the whole city mm-hmm. I know the campus I see half of my graduating class from high school on campus yep. and I can go out to dinner with my family every week but Perfect. at the same time like kind of like what I said earlier, like the campus and college that I like grew up knowing is not the same when you go to school there Mm -hmm. and you're like, almost all of my friends like were not from my hometown when I like got further into college. Like everyone that I was meeting and like interacting with mostly were not like from nearby. Mm -hmm. And so that was like really unique for me because I'm like, yeah, I'm showing people around my hometown. I like know the places to go, but I'm experiencing this now as a college kid, like I'm spending way more time downtown than I ever would have before when I was in high school. I don't see my family constantly. Like, we Mm -hmm. did dinner, like, once or twice a week. Like, I got to attend, like, big events and stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, they were overbearing to the point where it was just, like, being in high school. So Mm -hmm. it's different.
0: Very good. And then I'm I'm sure you get to, like, expose your friends to, like, all the stuff you Mm -hmm. grew up to love. Did you ever bring a friend down to the farm?
1: I have not brought, like... None of my friends that have been to the farm, like, hadn't been there.
0: Oh, okay. So,
1: like, I had, like, some childhood friends that I brought down to the farm. And, like, a past boyfriend I brought down to the farm. But otherwise, like, the farm is pretty sacred to me. So, yes. like, if you're me and my family and you're going to the farm, like, we're, we're like this. You
0: got to be a real one. Yeah. So. Okay. You got to be twinning them.
1: You got to. Oh, do you want to go to the farm? I would. L- yeah, Emma. I know you want to see. The next
0: time house. I'm in Missouri, I okay. swear. If, it's easy. Yeah, we'll just drive
1: head down, down there. You'll have me down
0: to the farm. Yes, mm-hmm. that would that would be amazing. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so we're good now. You, now that you've done
1: the farming, where we're, do
0: we go? Yeah, exactly. Now you know we locked in. <laughs> A lot of, I mean, I'm sure you probably had your fair share of college experiences mm-hmm. that are just like, like stuff happens in college that you're like never expect, Yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, like, in terms of the stuff, the extracurriculars and stuff you did as well, like, um, what are some, like, college experiences that you'll probably never forget, or, like, people you're cherished, or things like that?
1: So, Mizzou's, like, unique, I don't know if a lot of other schools do this, I'd assume no, but as part of their, like, actual journalism curriculum, depending on if you're going through, like, broadcast or print, you actually work during like the semester at either the local broadcast station or at the local newspaper. Yep. And like, you're not paid, but you're like basically like a full-time reporter. And so my like first semester doing that, I covered my high school. Yeah. Like I like oh, went cool. as like a college student now and like wrote about their basketball team. I wrote about another like rival high school's football team. Like I'm covering my brother's friends
0: oh, at oh games, that's awesome and it's
1: insane yeah yeah so getting to do that was super cool and then the next semester you, you kind of like level up and so then I was a reporter for Mizzou Baseball oh nice and so that was also crazy because it's like okay I've been going to these games like as a fan like that's my sport I've like chosen this team to like be a fan of and now having to be like okay now I'm like a reporter like this isn't my team anymore like I need to cover this team right. was super neat and mm-hmm. granted that was during COVID so Mm-hmm. derailed totally crazy but just like getting that experience of like working in a newspaper at like 19 years old and you're covering people that you've grown up with you're covering schools like I knew stories I knew rivalries I knew people I had contacts because I'd grown That's up perfect. there yeah and so like I could access this like whole arena of like resources to become this like writer and it was so like unique and interesting and so much fun mm-hmm. it was a lot like, it was very stressful and, like, that part shouldn't be glazed over because it's, like, a, a huge expectation and a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. But that is, like, one of the most, like, incredible experiences as, like, someone, like, pursuing a career in that field that I've had.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, you you mentioned, like, just working for the team that you, like, grew up watching mm-hmm. and grew up, like, around and, like, having to cover them through an objective lens is probably, like,
1: it was crazy. One of the kids on the team I went to elementary school with. Oh, my God. So I have, like, known this guy since he was five years old. Yeah. And now I'm having to reach out to him and tell him that I want to write a feature on him and his family.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, can I have your teammates, like, contacts to reach out to them or, like, hi, like, I'm covering this team. I I need story ideas. Yeah. And I'm saying that to someone, like having to communicate to them as a professional for someone that I've known since they were in glasses and four feet tall. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess that just comes with like working in media and working, Mm -hmm. especially in sports media. It's like you, you realize like people are people and people like you have to like be ingrained in it. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I know people who cover things like that are in other aspects of entertainment. Like say it's like a music artist or a actor or something mm-hmm. like that you don't really like follow them around on like a daily basis or go to their like rehearsals and stuff like yeah. that you're just like okay this is their performance in this this is their performance in mm-hmm. that talking about their music talking about their art whereas like when you're covering your sports team you're like showing up in the locker room you're showing up at the clubhouse showing up at practice showing yeah. up at games like before games after games like you have to like
1: mm-hmm. pay
0: attention to a lot of like the intricacies yeah
1: i think it's a very unique balance with teams of like i mean we've talked about this like covering people as their people not just athletes not just whoever they are but it's like this balance where you're entering their very public but also their professional space Mm -hmm. and so yeah you're at these practices you're at these games like you're seeing them in their most like intensely competitive and professional moments but then you also have to remember that like part of the intrigue and interest there is that they're people and so you also have to be granted access to these personal spaces as well yeah. and that's like such I feel like that's such like an intimate thing for someone to like be like I'm reporting on you or I'm covering or I'm trying to showcase you as a person but also you as a public figure mm-hmm. in whatever arena you're in and I think that's crazy just having to like balance that and like approach it with that kind of lens not just like I'm approaching it this is a football player or I'm approaching it this is like Bill you're like I'm approaching this as Bill the football player and you have mm-hmm. to this like cohesive whole
0: Right, right. And, I mean, I'm sure that is, like, something that, you know, school prepares you for mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the different journalism classes and everything that, that sort of, like, gets you ready for all that. Um, what made you – so, you finished your master – you finished your bachelor's the same year I did, even though you're a year younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you finished that early, decide to go back, get your master's. You finished that in December.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you – make the quick turnaround now that I think about it, it's such a quick turnaround yeah. from like school
1: crazy. to
0: your first job mm-hmm. in January of 2023. And you're working for the Cleveland guardians. Yeah. And I'm not going to expose you and say what accounts <laughs> you work on, but you, you are a big part of our social team and our yeah. social space and, and what we do on, on the guardian social accounts. Um, what, like, what made you want to like sort of make the turn from like, Sort of recovering, like, or not recovering, you know, but like covering, fair. like, teams. Yeah. Like,
1: recover. <laughs> recovering is fair, but.
0: Yeah. Um, what makes you like want to make the switch or like turn from covering players and teams and sports and stuff like that to like being like a social creator mm-hmm. for, for those teams?
1: I think, so one, like, reporting did get exhausting. Like, it's a crazy schedule. You're covering games. You're writing features. Like, it was crazy. And so I do think I got a little bit burnt out, which is why for my, like, master's degree, I pursued communications, like, marketing, advertising, and I got more into, like, copywriting, which is way more, like, short form, creative, very punchy copy, and that's Mm. completely different than writing a 500-word feature story. And so getting to combine those was really unique and I had not worked in social. Mm -hmm. And so I got an internship with an interior design firm. Okay. Which was very out there, but it was very, like, communications-based. And like, I helped write their blog posts. I helped write emails. I helped with social. Like, I got to access that field of it. And so combining those two and then knowing that I also wanted to be in sports, like, I think that all just honestly flowed me into social where it was, Mm -hmm. like, You have to have, like, an understanding of language and communication. But it's another thing where, like, you have to also have an awareness of, like, how visuals tie into this, of how graphics tie into this, about how audiovisual ties into this, and then use that language in, let's say, the length of a tweet to convey what you're trying to convey. And I think it's definitely challenging, but it's, like, such a uniquely creative medium that Mm -hmm. is also, like, huge. I mean, like, that's what people use now. It's not like I don't have people that are going to pick up the newspaper every day, but they're going to get on their phone and they're going to open up Instagram, Twitter, and, like, go and look and follow the team that they're following. And so, like, using that and learning that medium to communicate has been, like, super cool. Yeah. That's a great
0: point that you bring up. Because, like, as time goes by, like, even, I mean, before print journalism was, like, the number Mm -hmm. one main thing, like, print media, traditional media was, like, God, like mm-hmm. it was like the number one thing, and I think it still is like the most spent, like in terms of like what what uh, companies put their money towards. Yeah, but that's just because it, they're expensive mediums. Like, yes, social media is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty affordable, um, yeah. and that's why a lot of people are, are using that to grow on it. And I think that was probably a smart decision. Like, yeah say you're writing for like a website or a newspaper or something like that. Like you said, that's kind of going away and people are Mm -hmm. more going towards like what's on social. Let me get on social. That's how I get a lot of my information. Granted, you have to be careful what you consume on social Mm -hmm. in terms of like what, what's going to be good for you and and what's going to be truthful or not. But um, it just takes an intelligent, like eye to realize like what's what's the best, but I mean, a verified guardian's account on social media is pretty reliable. Yeah.
1: So, you know, having to like represent that too, but like, yeah, like he's like traditional media. It's not like obsolete by any means, Mm -hmm. but it's just not as accessible as opening up your phone and it's not all encompassing like that. Like you can read a news article about one subject. You can watch like the news about the same subject. But when you Mm -hmm. go online, like you could have one post and it has the video clip. It has photos it has copy. Yeah. Like it has literally all of it contained in this little package. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, like you have to be mindful of that when you're consuming it. And also when you're producing it, you yeah. Like if you're the supplier of this information and this like all encompassing information, you have to do a good job of it. Right. Cause so many people are just going to like take it face value what they find.
0: Yeah. And you have to, you have to tell the line between, um, being accurate and, reporting the new or like reporting things while also being like creative and fun and making Mm -hmm. social media what what social media is basically made for so i mean it's probably like like you said it's like a little bit trickier a little bit of a challenge but i'm sure it's going to pay off in the end in terms of Mm -hmm. like how you're able to process things now that you've had this experience working for the guardians Mm -hmm. which is really cool and i'm glad you're, you're able to do that
1: I definitely agree with that. It's just, yeah, it's very unique. And, like, I think with news especially, that's what people think about when they think of, like, information. But, -hmm. like, sports, too. Like, it's not just me. I mean, sometimes it feels like me just posting a clip with a funny little caption. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, I'm representing a brand. Mm -hmm. I'm representing whoever I'm posting about, I'm representing their teammates. I'm representing the people that work behind the scenes with me and I'm showcasing their work half the time, just as much as I'm showcasing mine. And so like as a whole, like, yeah, one post is like nothing in the grand scheme of things, but as a whole, like you're creating a voice, you're creating like a representation of so many people. Mm -hmm. I think that's just as important as when you like put out a news article because people are going to latch onto their sports teams and the way they communicate and yep. what they represent just as much as they are their local news channels or their national news networks that they follow up.
0: yeah and i mean one thing that we've learned in our short time here in cleveland <laughs> is that for their sports teams they do not play
1: Uh uh-uh. <laughs> they do not play
0: that is like the number, like everyone here is it's like from from like the 80 year old grandmas to like the four-year-old mm-hmm. like little boys it's like
1: they live and die. They're yeah. Cleveland sports.
0: Yes, they live and die by the Cleveland sports, and it's very like cool to see that. Mm-hmm. And especially in this environment, you come from a college town. I come from a college town. It's crazy to see that, like on a professional level. Yes, no, I completely
1: agree.
0: Because like a lot of people understand, like I understand why most people in Syracuse like Syracuse basketball. Yeah, most both of my parents went there. They both are graduates from Syracuse. Like,
1: that's your family school. That's, like, what you live at. Exactly. But, yeah, to see that in, like, a citywide, statewide level, like, that is insane.
0: hmm Yeah. And, and like, for all the teams, too. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's not like, oh, I like Mizzou baseball and football and basketball just because, you know, I'm from Mizzou. It's, like, I like the, the Guardians, the, the Browns, and the Cavaliers who, like... The Mizzou teams have very similar branding, mm-hmm. very similar, like, sort of, you know.
1: They're part of the Mizzou entity.
0: Exactly. But, like, the Guardians, Cavs, and Browns are mm-hmm. so, like. They're their own thing. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's been cool to see how, like, people, like, sort of bring them all together, even though that they're their mm-hmm. own entities and in, in, in themselves, and. You know, they have very different brands. Yeah,
1: but you adopt that as, like, the Cleveland sports ideology, which is another thing. Like, you're representing the fans just as much Mm -hmm. when you're part of the organization, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we're talking a lot about, like, the amazing aspects of, like, Cleveland fans and everything, but what made you want to work for the Guardians in Cleveland?
1: Oh, well, I I knew MLB. Like, baseball's my sport. That's what I grew up watching and playing, like, just being in love with, and so. MLB was a very hard, like, line for me, and, like, that's where I need to be. Yeah. And so taking advantage of the opportunities and, like, applying to these MLB jobs, but this organization, like, it's so welcoming. I mean, like, you can attest to everything I'm going to say. Like, it's so welcoming. It's so um, accessible in the way that, like, you can express your needs as a professional. You can express your needs as a person, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be super receptive to that. And so it's, like, this... Incredibly, like rare balance of I'm getting such incredible professional experience in an environment that would like never be punishing towards me, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a crazy thing, especially in sports, Yeah. especially as like a woman in sports. Yeah, like I just think that's something I could have never imagined I'd look into in professional sports, feeling so like supportive professionally and just like individually. Yeah, and having this outlet given to me where I can just be creative and, like, learn at the same time and not, like, be scared to be either one of those things is great.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think what, what the Guardians do is they, they sort of beat all of the um, preconceived notions about working for a sports mm-hmm. team, especially in a state like Ohio, where it's, like, in, in New York, like, we have a, a perception of Ohio and we have a perception of teams like... Well, for a long time, the Indians and, and the Browns and the, and the Cavs were a little bit different. But, like, yeah. we have a perception of those teams and their fans. And, and probably we don't know the people who work in the organ- organization, but mm-hmm. we can, like, assume. But once you get in the organization, it's a very diverse, like, like you said, just inviting, like, yeah. accessible is a great word as well. It's like, it's a top-notch it's organization. So it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just so comfortable. Yeah. And that's it is nothing I would have ever expected. Yeah. Especially like my first job at school. Right. I feel so lucky to like have the people in the environment that I do and I am like in awe that it exists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's true blessing. Mm-hmm. Like I can I cannot express that enough in, in how well this organization is run. Um so when it came to like you drove all the way here or did you fly? When? Uh for your interviews. I drove. You drove all the way yeah. to Cleveland for your interviews. I mean, that shows in itself like how much you wanted this type of job and mm-hmm. how much you wanted to work in this environment. That was the
1: point, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was trying to show I was committed.
0: <laughs> yeah. And how, long, how long is that? Ten hours. Ten. You drove ten hours to Cleveland just to interview mm-hmm. uh, for a job that you didn't even know if you were going to get. Yeah. And, I mean, just what were your, like, ideas or – sort of what was Cleveland's reputation in your mind going in and how did that sort of change as you got here and checked it out and got to see Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily the organization, I guess a little bit of that, but yeah. like just Cleveland itself too. in Ohio.
1: I, so like maybe it's just like the bubble, but like I didn't live anywhere besides my hometown mm-hmm. and it's Missouri. I know Missouri, but outside of the Missouri bubble, like I didn't lived or stayed long term anywhere. I'd never set foot in the state of Ohio. Yeah. Until I drove up for my interviews. I didn't know anything about Cleveland. Like, I knew the names of the sports teams. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. And so, like, I get here. The whole drive feels very Midwest. I get here, and it's, like, quintessential Midwest city. Yeah. Like, I'm a Midwest girl. And so I'm like, I love this. But it was, like, even coming for, I think I was here maybe 48 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, uh, so I went with my dad. Mm -hmm. And first night took a walk around the city we found a restaurant by a chef that i grew up watching on food network
0: oh my gosh it's
1: just my dad and i going out for a barbecue dinner yeah everyone's so nice giving yeah. giving us wrecks. not mm-hmm. even like i got dinner wrecks. obviously when i came for my interviews but yeah. even the lady at the restaurant is giving us dinner recommendations places to go We'd be like what are you doing here like yeah. talking just chatting and so like it felt so friendly the city downtown is where we were staying, and then we were right by the stadium, obviously, as well. But walking around at the time, like, I didn't know that it was public square. Yep. That's where I'd be living. Mm-hmm. But walking around downtown, and I'm like, this is cool architecture. This is such a pretty area. And it's, like, winter. Yeah, I mean, it's January Right. at this point. And so just, like, kind of taking it all in. But we went to, I think I went to four different restaurants in the two days that I was here. Oh, wow. And, like, walking down by the river and going to a brewery down there, walking to, or not walking, going to Tremont and getting breakfast at a cozy little diner the next morning in, like, this homely neighborhood and then enjoying the city. Like, it just was, like, all the little bits and pieces of, like, homeliness in Tremont. Mm -hmm. The, like, up-and-coming college town vibe of Ohio City and then, like, the bustling, like, downtown vibe of, like, downtown Cleveland Mm -hmm. just encompassed, like, everything that I was like needing to create this hole that felt good to me mm-hmm. and so it was such a cool thing like coming to the city and not feeling overwhelmed yeah like you drive through I mean I haven't been to New York but I'm thinking like Chicago even oh, downtown yeah. st Louis like, you get and you're just overwhelmed you have no idea where to go yep. like There's just so much going on around you. Yeah, and I just I don't feel that way here. Yeah, and it's not to say that there's not a lot going on and there's Mm -hmm. not a lot to do or see, but it doesn't make you feel as though that's like suffocating you.
0: Yes, yes, I definitely feel like, um, you know, being someone who's from upstate New York and then going to school downstate, like Mm -hmm. spent fair share of time in New York City. Not not nearly as much as some of my classmates who were there every weekend. Yeah, but it's like. Yeah, you walk in New York City and, like, it, it takes, like, months or not, probably not even months, years yeah. to really, like, develop a sense of, like, where you are in the city. And then don't even talk, don't even think about driving anywhere.
1: Oh, my goodness, no. Or,
0: or finding some, you know, nice scenery to, like, mm-hmm. or greenery outside of Central Park. Yeah. You know? Like, you'd it's have to gonna go. You're not going
1: to find a patch of grass anywhere.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, and like, I guess that sort of is, like... Um, I don't know about you. I'm such a control freak i like I love to control my environment mm-hmm. in terms of like I need to be this place at this time, and then i can i like having the flexibility of being able to leave whatever yeah and and go at my own pace and mm-hmm. go at my own 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 tip whereas like new york there're you're, you're like say you're leaving dinner, you have to find a subway stop and you have to figure out like where you're gonna go um, like yeah. you have to figure out which train, which station you have to be at like.
1: The logistics it's, of that or not for me. <laughs> it,
0: it's quite stressful, and I'm grateful to have people who are very familiar with the city in mm-hmm. the few times that I've gone. But, like, can you imagine, like, navigating yourself in that area no. where it's, like, here is pretty pretty easy to navigate, yes. wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, I completely agree. Like, I can drive downtown, mm-hmm. and, like, there's construction. Like, you're moving around people. You're moving around stuff like that. But you know your routes. You know alternative routes. Mm-hmm. Like, I can get to where I'm going without maps now most of the time and it's been like five months yeah and i just think that's not something i would have been able to figure out had i felt like overwhelmed or confused by anything within a bigger city
0: Mm -hmm. and then the traffic issue as well yeah like like... is huge like my my brother just moved to philadelphia he didn't even think about bringing a car he's like i'm leaving my car at home you guys can do what you want sell it do whatever i'm not even going to think about it Mm -hmm. whereas like here it's like convenient to own a car whereas like in, in a different city, it's, like, a bit of a hassle. Yeah. You have to find parking. You have to pay for parking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, whereas, like, here, it's, like, it's great.
1: It's not, like, the biggest struggle of my life to get out and drive to the Target. Yeah. Like, I can just do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to, like, plan, like, okay, this is Domin Day. It's not uh-huh. going to be very packed. Yeah. perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, definitely a lot of love uh, for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. What was it like, sort of... um You mentioned it was your first time stepping foot in the state of Ohio. Like, what was it like? Just like, or what? What has it been like? Because it's your first time being like very far away from Mm -hmm. home. Like, what was it like? Just like being like, because you have to have a certain mindset to do that. Yeah. To be like, I'm gonna leave home at 22 years old and not look back. Go for this job opportunity. Yeah. Uh, It's my first time outside the state. Like, what was that like?
1: It's challenging. I'm still like building. Like, I was very close to my family. My entire family lives in Missouri, save for a set of two cousins. Okay. And so everyone that, like, I've grown up with my siblings, my family, my cousins, my grandparents, every single person is in Missouri. All of my friends are in Missouri. And so it was one of those things where I had to really, like, tell myself and, like, have the conversation about, like, is this what you want to be doing and is it worth it to leave, like, support structures 10 hours away. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say there's not like still support structures for me. Right. Like they're still very accessible to me. I see them as much as I possibly can. But it was just like a hurdle to come to terms with that like letting my sense of like adventure and professional purpose went out over the fear of like leaving and changing things. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'm definitely still building. Yeah. But I do think that like having people in a work environment that embraced me here made that transition way easier. Mm -hmm. Because I would have gotten here and felt so uncomfortable, felt suffocated, just, like, not felt like I had a community in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I think I would have hated it. Yeah. But because I come into such an environment that is so supportive and, like, welcoming to me, and pairing that with the idea that, like, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do since I decided that this is, like, my path, Mm -hmm. I think it's just made it way easier and way more worth it to me.
0: That's great. And, I mean yeah now that you've mentioned it like just the comfortability of like having the people here in this organization Mm -hmm. is definitely has definitely made the transition a lot easier yeah absolutely and like in like i'm sure a couple of the guys have met like your family members and and stuff and Mm -hmm. i know i met your brother (laughs) you met my brother yeah (laughs) um like in in sort of like just seeing that those types of interactions it's like okay like if my dad is comfortable, you know, with court in Austin, like mm-hmm. I feel like
1: I can be comfortable with court, right? Yes.
0: exactly, exactly. In in sort of a long term, mm-hmm. more, um, more, more situation. Um, we, I know we alluded to this earlier and we, we mentioned it, but I want to just bring this up again. Um, being one of being in a sport that is extremely male dominated. I mean, there's only male players in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball is you know a very traditional like classic type of sport mm-hmm. like not really until this until last season like it didn't really seem like baseball was adjusting with the times mm-hmm. and it sort of was getting left in the past whereas mm-hmm. like now you've seen this whole resurgence in the sport where it's like pace of play these um pitch clock all this yeah new stuff that's making it cool like your interviews during the middle of a game like yeah really cool like baseball is becoming more and more innovative and it's trying to like showcase some of their like big stars and big players Mm -hmm. what was it like coming into like such a traditional like old-timey sport being like a young woman straight out of college where it's like this is my first experience like it's not like you're coming in here it's like oh i have this wealth of experience in the sport like i'm gonna be able to like navigate it myself where it's like You're coming in as, like, the only woman in our room, Mm -hmm. the one of the very few in our entire, like, department. Mm -hmm. So what what has that been like for you?
1: I think it was definitely intimidating at first because I'd come off of three years of working on a thesis all about how, like, sports are not accessible as much as they should be to women. Mm -hmm. And so, like, hearing testimonies from interviewees about, like, their positive experiences, yes, but also, like, the negatives and the hurdles they faced and, like, basically doing an updated take on what the sports arena looks like for women right now Mm -hmm. it was something that i think i luckily was very realistic about in my mind um so it's definitely intimidating just because like you know you're most likely going to be the minority Mm -hmm. and like coming from a position where i've always felt like very lucky and very privileged in my position in my schooling like in growing up with sports like i've always felt like very privileged and like known where my like advantages were coming knowingly going into a situation where i thought i might potentially be at a disadvantage It was definitely like it's it's a little anxiety inducing but again like just hurting the organization like i didn't come into somewhere where i felt like i had to work to make myself feel seen it was mm-hmm. like i was seen yeah and i think going into that made it way like easier and kind of calm those nerves there's definitely always a thought in your mind like not necessarily like oh because i'm a girl Mm -hmm. but just like the inherent need to like represent yourself in a certain way and like be perfect and make sure your work's like of the highest quality right and i'm not like i don't necessarily think that goes along with just being a woman but it's one of those things where like you just kind of absorb Mm -hmm. and so i think that pressure is always there but it was a lot more like settling for me Mm -hmm. to come into an organization where I didn't have, like I wasn't feeling uncomfortable because there weren't as many women because there's still women that you see and you talk to, but you can also talk to people that aren't women. Yeah. And it's just, everyone again is so accessible and welcoming and they're like automatically proud of you. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't have to worry about that as much as if I would have gone into another, like another baseball organization or another sport that's very like male dominated, mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, it's like, it's
1: pros and cons. Like the thought is always there, and the expectations always there. But I do think that like, I'm realistically very lucky and very honest with myself about like the organization that I've been a part of, mm-hmm. and like how they've made that barrier feel like it's not there for me.
0: Right, and I'm sure there's so many preconceived notions that that people have, and I'm. I mean, I know you that you hold yourself to very high standards mm-hmm. and very high levels so it's like it's not like ever like a concern going in but um you know just there are different things or different um characteristics that come with certain stereotypes yeah. or certain like ideas whereas like you know being a woman it's like oh maybe she doesn't know much about baseball whereas mm-hmm. like that's a sport you followed your entire life. You've been a lifelong Cardinals yeah. fan. Like you've watched all the games. Like they were in World Series when you were a kid. Like mm-hmm. you were, you grew up like around this sport, and like you probably whole already held yourself to a high standard of like already knowing what's going around, mm-hmm. uh, going on around the league, already knowing like all the new like um, changes within the sport, and already knowing like the impactful players and mm-hmm. and what a different stat means and what this types of stuff. So. That's probably like a preconceived notion that I can think of off the top of my head where it's like, it's probably something that people will like go in and think like, oh, a woman doesn't know that. Yeah. So it's, but it's like, since you have already held yourself to that standard, it's like, oh, well, I, I know this. I, I do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I do know this.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It probably gives you more confidence seeing like anyone who would doubt you. Cause I, I know for me personally, there's. Some preconceived notions about you know people who look yeah. like me, where it's like, oh, he's probably not that intelligent or something like that. Whereas like, you have to like, be above and beyond, and you like have mm-hmm. to exceed that. And it's it's a bit of like a burden, I guess. Yeah. Or in in well holding yourself to that standard mm-hmm. anyways, and and being so knowledgeable. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like it pays off when you're able to like. Show people. Yeah, you you got this on your own merit. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're able to contribute at a very high level. Yeah, it's, it's it's a test. It's a true testament to like yeah. the type of person you are. So very good. I'm We're doing good. good. You're doing great. I I'd say yeah. you're doing great. I'd say you're doing great. Thank you, thank you. If you put me on your thing, I would have give you a ten out of ten, but oh, you didn't put I me know. on your thing. I'm sorry,
1: I didn't know I could pick more than three.
0: It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But um. We talk a lot about, you know, like, your early career in sports. Mm-hmm. What do you want to, what is, like, a career goal of yours? Like, what do, What would you like to see, like, mm. Emma Maloney did this?
1: Oh, man. Um, which is so crazy me because I feel like I'm doing, like, my peak job right now. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, again, MLB is where I want to be. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thrilled if I'm somewhere, but I think getting to, like, sign my name to something that is uniquely to me Mm. so like going into a communication department of any mlb team and being able to like create something and put it out and like build a brand or build something new or like find a way to expand in a way that hasn't been done just like that sense of like innovation and creativity Mm -hmm. being able to like fully embrace that in my role is kind of where i want to go to next like i feel like to an extent, like I'm still at the point where I need to pay my dues and I need to learn and I need to gain confidence in what I'm doing mm-hmm. before then I'm able to get to a point where I can step in and say I know what I'm doing. Here's how I want to better that. Mm-hmm. But eventually, like my goal is to get to that point, mm-hmm. to whatever role I'm in, in a communications department, like for an MLB team, like doing something that is I can uniquely like, add my signature to.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I personally would say you've already done that, especially in, in the Mizzou. And, and starting being yeah. the first female all-female broadcast team but I'm sure you know and I and I know that you can accomplish something where it's like you don't have to have like the the female next to it you know yeah. what I mean where it's like it's just oh, me yeah she she just did this it didn't matter what her gender was yeah. or anything like that it's like something she accomplished mm-hmm. and it's like unique to the entire you know s- sport or organization yeah. or whatever it is that that's a that's a really good yeah. you know goal and i think you know it's very accomplishable
1: i hope so i mean so. as long as at the end of the day like i feel proud about what i've done and i feel that like i know my limit and i know that i come beyond that, mm-hmm. is like just where i feel the best like, that is just the goal to me i don't approach goals being like i have to have this position by this year like right. that's just something i'm not i've never been a fan of doing that but just knowing that like i feel good and that I went the extra mile, I did this, that's what I feel best
0: about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, exceeding even your own expectations. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm sure you're the same. I have very high expectations for myself. And it's like, um, it's like you don't even know. Like, you hear it all the time when, like, a a pro athlete or someone gets interviewed. It's like, I've exceeded everything. That It's everything Mm -hmm. I've ever dreamed of or I've gone further than anything I've ever thought. Do you imagine that?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, to me, I feel like I just think of something else. Yeah. Like, and I think that's okay. Right. Like, I know at an extent, like, you need to be happy with what you're doing and content with what you're doing, but, like, personally, like, I can be that and strive for more mm-hmm. because I know when I hit a limit, it's no longer a limit to me. Yeah. And you just, like, build onto right. that.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think that now because, like, you know, we're kind of low on the totem pole, yeah. but it's like. You know, you can you can accomplish things you never even thought of. So, well even now.
1: Yeah. I feel like we're both doing stuff that I would have never thought that I'd be doing. Yeah. And knowing that this is also a starting point is insane. Like it just kinda opens you up to like, what else?
0: Right, right. And you know, you know, there's people who work their entire careers like wanting to get into an industry that, you know, they enjoy more than like I mean, no shade. No shade at all. But mm-hmm. like People who work in in like like if it's something you're not passionate about, yeah, you know what I mean. That was like my biggest fear, like not finding a job I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and not keeping a job I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's like oh, you get a taste of it, but no, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And then I have to go. You know, for me personally, I I wouldn't want to be like a salesman at like a furniture store. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like no shade at all to them, but, but it's like yeah. it's like if I end up there, I'm, I would know like. I can't, I can't start here and yeah. feel like I go back. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah.
1: And get... it's it's not always the most realistic thing, and again, that comes with like resources and time and education and luck. Mm-hmm. Getting into a job where you're doing what you're passionate about and getting paid for it, like that's just not the most realistic thing. Like most people are doing a job so that they can work and fund their passions. Yeah, and so I think like with sports especially, but I mean, both of us just personally are very fortunate Yeah. to like be in love with what we're doing. Yeah. Because I just think that makes it so much better. Right. But I know a lot of people don't get the chance to do that. Yeah. And so like you said, like it's no shade to anybody that's just like chasing their passions outside of their professional life. Right. We just looked into the idea of doing both at the same time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a perfect way to put it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that gives you time to like work on other things that you might, yeah, Such as this podcast. <laughs> so, They're your
1: hobbies. I know you're inspiring me. I feel like I need to pick something up.
0: I mean, I feel like you have plenty of hobbies, you know, Anything? such as reading, um, tricking us with your car tricks yeah. and, and just constantly amazing us every night, which is Thank ridiculous. Um, but, and I mean, you care for your cat, like everything, yeah. like, there's different responsibilities and stuff that fill up your day and fill up your time, but it's yeah. like, I, I'm glad that the time that we spend, like the, the time that we spend at our job, is like not time where it's like. Uh,
1: doesn't feel wasted. Exactly. No, it definitely doesn't feel wasted.
0: Exactly. So no, that's great. And so we talk a lot about career goals. What's like a life goal of yours? Like what what would you like to see yourself accomplish?
1: I, outside of like my job, which again, like I love and very passionate about, it. I think there are other pursuits that I would love to just eventually have some more time or more recess resources to the farm access us obviously yes I would like to start a farm no. really oh okay. no I do love the farm and I think it's very peaceful to live in that kind of environment mm-hmm. and but I think like something I've always wanted to write a book oh. and I think that would be something to like yeah you no know, at 22 years old I don't have that time to research and sit down and write a book in like a reasonable time span mm-hmm. I could maybe do it over the span of, like a couple of years but to me that's not like Enough for mm-hmm. what I want to pour into it.
0: So, question mm-hmm. Would you write a novel or like a biography?
1: I'm thinking, as of right now, like nonfiction, but okay. in a very, like, my voice will still be captured within it. I'm not just going to write facts. It's not going to be like purely educational. It's going to mm-hmm. be like I'm pouring myself into storytelling. It's just going to be real stories. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. That sounds really cool then. Yeah. Alright, looking forward to seeing Emma's Thank book. You. Everyone please yeah. buy it on Amazon. That
1: at Barnes Noble yeah, pre order on Amazon.
0: Who knows when it comes out?
1: But no, just things like that. I mean, I love to travel. I mm. love photography. Like those are little hobbies that like when you're working, when you're when you're on a grind, like right. you don't necessarily have the time or if you do have the time, you don't necessarily have the energy yeah. to like commit to those things. Or
0: we ask you to come with us and take pictures.
1: Yeah, which like <laughs> granted, like that is was great to me because yeah. it was like I'm working, yes, but it was like, this isn't my normal job, but it was like a passion that I had Mm -hmm. that I can use with another passion of mine. And so just like traveling and having the time and resources to do that, or like taking pictures or writing, like there are little things that I would love to like, as like personally, as I go on, continue to explore. Mm -hmm. And I think just like different facets of my life that I don't like, I dedicate most of my time and energy and my, like, time-making resources mm-hmm. into this passion, yes, but also, like, my professional life. And so moving forward, I just don't ever want those things that require time and resources mm-hmm. to get trampled over in the pursuit of making resources. Yes,
0: so. yes, I get that completely, yeah. It's it's all about, like, a balance.
1: Yeah. Sort of,
0: okay. Perfect. And, I mean, what what would it be, like, What what would be your definition of, like, Success. I would say, like, what's something where you you'll look back and be like, wow, like, this was such a success.
1: Just like my life is a success. What would make me yeah. feel successful?
0: Not necessarily like your life is success because that's such like a subjective thing. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: that's fair. <laughs> it's
0: like this guy had a gr- This guy wins at life. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. I I never really liked that term where it's like I feel like everyone's winning, but mm-hmm. in, in, in
1: their
0: own. You can always win, but there's one thing to win but it's another thing to be successful
1: yeah so i think i would consider myself like from a personal standpoint to be successful if i've like if i can go at the end of the day and look back at what i've done just within that day and be proud of it Mm. or like at least be satisfied Mm -hmm. i don't ever want to look back on something that i've done throughout a day and then those days build into weeks those weeks build into months and years like I never want to, as a whole, look back and feel like I didn't do enough, Mm -hmm. or I didn't make myself proud and make others proud. And so I think my idea of success is being like able to be proud of what you've done, and then having that impact over others as well. Like that is considered successful to me. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like oh I made this much money or I advanced to this much like this role, but it's more like. I created something i'm proud of something the people that i impacted are proud of me mm-hmm. that's what i would consider to be success
0: i think that's a really good way to look at it because then you're taking it more of like a day-to-day approach yeah instead of just like always thinking about the future always thinking about the past it's like let me just focus on mm-hmm. what's in front of me you know? i feel
1: my answers are so vague and like i don't have something specific to say in terms of like a goal or successful yeah. like to me like it's way more manageable yeah, and like just comforting when we're so busy. Like we do mm-hmm. so much that at the end of the day, if I can like have fine success in slowing down and like looking at everything as a whole, then I will take that. Like I'll take that win and I will take that idea of success over. Mm-hmm. I've hit this position. I've hit this much money. I've hit this particular goal, like that success. Like I cannot hang my hat on that kind of success at the end of the day.
0: Big time. Yeah. It would literally probably just like, Take it all out of me if I'm like, I need seventy five thousand dollars by tomorrow. Like it's it's
1: like sometimes you can't control that. Yeah. Or I'm not gonna spend an entire like set of years feeling unsuccessful because I haven't hit that yet. Exactly. And I think you can find success in whatever you're doing as long as you're proud of it and Mm -hmm. as long as you're making people proud of it, you're making an impact.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I I love that sort I love that perspective. Mm. It's it's really good. Um Okay, I feel like this has been a very serious podcast. Yeah, I know. Right? we've
1: really like, gotten into like some deep conversations. Yeah,
0: exactly. Last week with Sam, we were just cracking jokes the whole time. Talking about but...
1: eating forty
0: Yeah. Would <laughs> you believe in me though? I do. You're I'm 100.
1: I honestly almost think I could do it. Yeah. If I really just like, disassociated from my body and lost all physical feeling, I don't. I I just understood like I don't feel hunger. I don't feel fullness. Like I just I put them down and I deal with the consequences. I think we could do it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you just? See, did you see what the captains did on uh, Twitter the other night? I don't night?
1: think so. What was it?
0: Oh my gosh! You have to see. It's this.
1: About forty wings?
0: No, 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 no. So they had okay. A captain's fan uh-huh. during the game had nine hot dogs, nine beers, and they had to finish it before like all nine innings. innings. No, 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 no. So, no,
1: like, like throughout the game, like oh, nine yeah. innings of baseball, so like nine hot dogs, nine beers.
0: Yeah, of in nine oh, innings no. of baseball, and he did it.
1: I know he felt terrible when he went home too. Oh well,
0: yeah, they. Well, check the captain's Twitter. Okay. They've been posting about it. The guy is probably... It's kind of
1: funny. Famous at what cost? Right,
0: exactly. And he's, like, posted updates and everything, and they're, like, yeah, checking in on him. He's, like, 24 hours later. Like, he's wearing sunglasses, and like oh 24 goodness. hours later, like, I am not feeling good. Like uh-uh. The nine hot dogs is one thing, which is, like, probably manageable in three hours. You won't something.
1: feel good by any means, but you could do nine hot dogs.
0: But nine beers?
1: A beer sits in your stomach like bread. Yeah. It's just, dude's eating hot dogs and loaves of bread throughout three hours. Yeah. Like, oh, man.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of bread because if you count the hot dog bun too, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Right. So. I hope we had some catch. Yeah, that's all I'm <laughs> saying. Oh. That's what I'm saying. If you're just eating them, like, straight glizzy... Bear hot like... dogs,
1: straight <laughs> straight nine innings are the glizzy. Yo! Yeah. No
0: <laughs> way, no way. That one
1: could maybe not be me.
0: No, put some mustard on it or something. <laughs> like, come on. But, no, that was crazy. I thought... Oh, no, I'm
1: going to see that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do I
1: want to see it? Maybe not. But I'm going to
0: look. Yeah, it's it's manageable, so... I Can't pr- look away from it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, they don't really show anything too graphic, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's... <laughs> It's quite the accomplishment. He oh. That man should be very proud of He
1: support. feels success right now. <laughs> he does feel success.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it helped push the capitalist to well, 20,000 yeah. followers. On, oh, on yeah. So it's like, worth it. It's like worth it. Yeah, he's contributing to that. So that would be perfect. So, mm-hmm. okay. Before before we end or anything... Okay. Um, oh, no, I have a couple more questions. Okay, that's fine. No, I'm right. ready. Um, I wrote down some good ones. So I don't okay. want to let these go to waste. What's mm-hmm. one memory take from your Cleveland experience so far oh, outside of just okay. being in an office with me every day of course yeah. yes
1: yes of course Ugh. that's really hard um, maybe opening day I think that was like coming off of getting to experience some community stuff like before that mm-hmm. and then having this build up of right when opening day hit at the beginning of April, I was two months into being here. So I felt comfortable enough to be like aware that this is my home. Like these are my people right now. Mm-hmm. And so coming off of the high of kind of like settling into that and then building up throughout spring training, trying to learn people. And then mm-hmm. first week of the season hits and you like are starting to realize like, Oh, I'm connected to this yeah. team now. Oh yeah. And then opening day, like, it's the first time that I was on a baseball field and I wasn't in the stands waiting to watch the people that I've grown up watching. It was new people that I was building relationships with. I was representing, I was on like the dirt, like I was right there. And you're just like kind of taking it all in. And it was just like, so emotionally like gratifying and like, yes, overwhelming, but not in like the negative way. Just like, I need, like, being aware of a moment where you need to take it all in. Yeah. And that's exactly what hit me when I was down there. I was like, I'm about to watch, like, these people that I'm representing and that I'm getting to know and that are, like, doing the exact same for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, about to go up and watch this game not as, like, a fan, which is what I've always done when it comes to professional baseball. But now as like, someone who gets to, like, it made me feel more of a part of it. And yeah. I think that just, like, that overall feeling in that day of, like, knowing that this was a moment that I would, like, always have made it that special for me.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, yeah, for me, when I was writing this question yesterday, for me, I thought it was, like, it was the time they took, like, before I even moved here, uh-huh. me, my dad had come with me to look at apartments, and mm-hmm. we hung out with Bart, or not Bart, um, Austin and Court. Yeah. And just walking around the ballpark, my dad is, like, grinning ear to ear. Yeah. He had never been in a major league ballpark before. He's mm-hmm. taking pictures of me. Oh,
1: to see like, his he's joy. Like, he's like, here,
0: Terrence, let me let me get a uh, picture of you here. And I'm just, like, looking back. I'm like, Dad, will you relax? Like, yeah. But at but... the same time, it's like he was so proud of me. Uh-huh. And he was, like, so happy to see me, like, finally accomplish something I had been trying to accomplish since I graduated mm-hmm. last May. Where it's like, oh, my gosh, look at what you're doing. Like, yeah.
1: Like, his joy for you turns into, like, your own joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I'll never forget that mm-hmm. moment. Because that was such a cool moment of, like, having him walk around Yeah, I me. just being
1: so proud of you.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. literally, he's like, all right, let me get a picture of the progressive field sign. I'm just like, damn, yeah. you relax, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to drive, like, navigate. He's like, oh, there it is. There it is. And I'm Sit like, down. yeah. It's
1: out the window. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah it's it, it's amazing experiences that we'll never forget mm-hmm. and you know as the years go on and the different you know whatever roles or teams or organizations or things that we yeah. end up representing it's like there'll probably be like one thing every year you could put back to like um you know say like kids grandkids niece, nephews like are talking to you in your future they're like so what was it like like in um 2023, like, what, what what did you do that mm-hmm. year? And you think back to 2023, 2023. Yeah. I was working for the Guardian. I would describe
1: opening day with my eyes closed. Exactly. Like, yeah.
0: That's going to be such a good, mm-hmm. like, such a cool Just experience. Just to
1: tell people about, for sure.
0: Yeah. And then you, like, with the advent of social media and our portable, amazing cameras, like, mm-hmm. you'll be able to show them. That
1: yeah. You're going to relive that. I can be like, this is this person, or like, this is what the field looked like, or mm-hmm. like, this is me with Burt Kreischer. Yeah, I <laughs>
0: forgot about that.
1: Yeah, that wasn't even opening day too. That was just the same weekend. Like, yeah, it's the best weekend ever.
0: Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Oh my gosh, it yeah, it was
1: just so fun for me.
0: What was it like meeting? Like, cause you you grew up in Missouri. Like, yeah, Travis Kelsey's your boy.
1: Yeah, it was. It's just crazy. I'm like, I'm having this like surreal moment. I could care less who else is there, but it's. Yeah. A super well-known player from another team and another sport that I absolutely love. That's just like, it felt like there's this tiny little piece of home there with me. Yeah. And like, I don't know him from Adam. Like I have, right. I have. That was the first time I met him. Like that is just a figure to me mm-hmm. in the NFL. But just being like. He's here, like, this Chiefs player, and he knows the feeling, too, because he's from Ohio. Yeah. So it was just, like, my world's colliding in, yeah. like, the biggest moment possible for me.
0: That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the fact that you got to, like, meet him and yeah. shake his hand and with Bert, it was too. was an
1: exercise in confidence. Yeah. Meeting both of them, yeah, having to go up and just approach these people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just
1: seemed inaccessible, and, I mean, it's just telling yourself these are literally people. Like, you just kind of do... Like, they're people, too. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it's still...
1: But, yeah, it's like it's Travis Kelsey and Port Christ. Right, like right.
0: Exactly. They're just
1: really cool people. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you have to just... Re- remaining professional in those moments is truly a learning experience.
1: Yeah. It's an exercise of control.
0: <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Okay. The last thing I'll ask. Okay. Um, and I, I'm sure this will probably be one of the most important things I ask you. Is mm-hmm. like... What's one thing, or like, what's one piece of advice that you would either give yourself when you were, like, say, 16, 17 years okay. old wanting to get into, like, the sports media space, or, like, a 16, 17-year-old girl right now yeah. who wants to get into the sports media space? Oh,
1: man. Um, maybe just, like, don't let your fear crush your faith in yourself. Mm. Like, I think that there's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. and especially like not even just the pressure that like externally you face but internally I know a lot of people create pressure for themselves especially faced with a situation where you're growing and like you're still growing into yourself just as much as you're growing into the world around you and there's always like doubt and anxieties or like just even like lack of resources like there are literal and like intangible things Mm -hmm. that I think can really weigh people down and it's so hard to be able to like, dig past that and find faith in yourself, in your own abilities, in your talents, in the people around you, and like the world. Like, it's so difficult to access all these things and think that like things are going to work out for you. Mm-hmm. But like, things will work out for you. Yeah. Regardless of if it's exactly what you think you're going to be doing or not. Like, this is not where sixteen year old me would have thought she'd be. Yeah. But I have one hundred percent faith that this is exactly where I should be. Mm-hmm. And so just like reassuring that like you can be terrified of so many things and it's okay Mm -hmm. to feel doubt and to feel anxious and to feel scared of things, but just know and like hold on to that faith in yourself and your abilities to go in the direction and lead yourself in the direction that you need to go.
0: Big time. Yeah. That's perfect. I think that's a great way to end it off, Emma. Thank you for coming course, on. First thing
1: for having me.
0: You're the realist in the game. Twin I and pre- M. <laughs> twin and M, exactly, exactly. Coming in here on, you know, half a voice. Yeah, I really it's, appreciate it's you it's coming now. in. Yeah, exactly. No, I've
1: talked. Man. Right,
0: yeah, perfect, perfect. But no, thank you for yeah, coming on. Yeah, of course. On. And every, everyone follow her Instagrams and stuff. Yeah. Do that. What's What's your own?
1: Um... Oh, man. Uh, I think my Instagram is at Emma Hayes M. Okay. Uh. Yeah, if you search my name, it usually pops
0: up. Okay, perfect, perfect. So, you tag me. Yeah, yeah, perfect. (laughs) I'll tag you, I'll tag you too. But thank you so much.
1: Here you are, baby. Fresh baked
0: pie, just for you. Where did you get this? I baked it, from scratch. We don't have an oven. God helped me. Uh, Joseph, please- You see how that sounds, Mary?